Avengers! Hello everyone and welcome back to Excelsior, your weekly comic-y, hero-y podcast. I'm your director, Christian Buckley, as always. Joining me is the Apex legend, Jack Martin. Excelsior, Christian, how you doing? Doing well. Uh, we're coming back from a, a little bit of a break. I went to the old stomping grounds of Captain America down in Brooklyn. So uh, I have returned, though, and we're back again. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm coming off the heels of a Resident Evil 2 remake replay. Nice. Let me tell you, game's still great. And I played that twice in the fall. Mm-hmm. So this is a very recent replay. Love it. Gave it a 5 out of 5 on GG. Follow me at Fascinated Jack on there for my thoughts. But yeah, yeah. great game. Very excited for Resident Evil 4. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, that trailer at the State of Play the other day was mind-blowingly good um did you watched it right i did yeah i i didn't even need to see it Mm -hmm. because i was already so in on what we've seen previously Mm -hmm. but man that was a really great showing yeah just like the like resident evil 2 was like the game that like really got me hooked on resident evil um and then you know covid year i played through all of them even code veronica which is like that weird bridge game between uh two and three um or three and four i forget but yeah, I am quite excited for that there RE4 remake. It's going to be a good, good game. And we're going to talk about another game from that state of play that might not be a good, good game in just a bit. <laughs> Could it be? Uh, Surely not Destiny Lightfall. Hey. <laughs> Are you looking forward to that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Um, Traveler's a Death Star now, basically. <laughs> like, that's freaking sweet um i uh you keep sending mike and i, I mike know. connor's co-host <laughs> of jedi knights you keep sending us destiny like links or whatever i'm never gonna get into destiny i'm gonna tell you that right now mm-hmm. ship has sailed i i completely understand and get it i i will say the expansion that came out last year it's free this weekend it's relatively standalone and as a campaign you can play it like legendary so the gear doesn't matter really uh and it it's like a throwback to the bungie halo campaigns like it is a fantastic fps campaign with some incredible art direction and uh boss designs so that is sort of like the beginning of a trilogy that's going to close out the destiny saga that's been going on uh so there is obviously lore connections but that one lightfall it's next week and then whatever final shape is coming next year i think that's going to be a big big win maybe the successor to the halo trilogy that people have been waiting for out of bungie you know wow well godspeed to you hope you have fun (laughs) i will uh but before we dive into more gamer talk fans of marvel's avengers or other agents of excelsior who are hanging around uh, there's a couple things that have happened in the news since we last recorded most of the ones we're going to talk about happened this past week Uh, But let's start with one that didn't happen this week and was a rumor that broke while we were off. Rumor has it, we've once again shuffled around the old MCU slate. And, uh, oh, it's worth mentioning neither of us have seen Ant-Man yet. (laughs) No, I, so by the time this comes out, I will have seen it. Uh Uh-huh. And I'll tell you right now, I'm not looking forward to it. I'm excited 
just like so much negativity around it. It's like it's supposed to be the kickoff to phase five. We've already expressed our thoughts about the lead up to this movie before it even came out. And uh, we were not very positive. So, I, you know, I'm seeing it just to see it. I like keeping keeping up with the MCU, but not looking forward to it. I'll tell you that much. I'm looking forward to your review, Jack. That's what I'm looking forward to, because I guarantee you I am not going to have a chance to see it between now and the next time we record. I know, it's busy season right now. Oh, for sure. And you're already in the hole. You, you still got I know. Wakanda forever, unless you've seen that. No, I know it's been on Disney Plus for like a week and a half, but I've been traveling and uh, I started rewatching Mandalorian, you know, so. I mean, that that takes priority. It and does. I got to be honest, Wakanda forever is good, but you're not really missing out on much. Yeah, I I plan on it. I just got to be in the mood for it is the thing. You know? Yeah, no, I get it. But that slate has shuffled around, allegedly, in that this year, pairing with the theatrical releases of Quantumania, Guardians Volume 3, and The Marvels, we will only be getting two Disney Plus Marvel series and potentially maybe also X-Men 97 still, but two live-action MCU series in Loki Season 2, which I believe is currently windowed to be like summer, like early summer, I don't know if it has a specific date, and Secret Invasion. Thoughts? Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. (laughs) Yeah. For our sanity, for everyone's sanity. Thank God. And I think Kevin Feige said something to that effect recently where... And I'm paraphrasing, he was like, yeah, I think we went a little overboard with how we treated Disney Plus and Disney Plus shows and movies coming out. We don't really want to overboard the schedule too much. So, you know, we're going we're gonna to take it back. And that's exactly what they're doing. They're, they're not just throwing things out there when they're ready just to have them out there. It seems like they're even... Even when projects are finished, they're kind of holding on to them and creating a more sustainable schedule rather than, hey, there's 10 projects coming out this year. You better watch them all. So and I've kind of like the the way that Star Wars has managed its schedule, mm-hmm. even since 2015, mm-hmm. I, I think even some of the superfluous movies didn't feel like, oh, here's another one. You know, they were all timed pretty well. So mm-hmm. I, I think. You know, Marvel's probably learned from that schedule as well. So good on Marvel. I'm excited about this. Yeah. And I mean, even with Star Wars, I feel like the closest it ever got to that was uh, fall 2019. And that's when we like stopped for a while. So like uh, right, yeah. they, they have managed it well, I think, in terms of the cadence. And I agree with you because I've been thinking a lot about this because um, my girlfriend Kayla is also like a big on Marvel and she hasn't been like fully on board with the recent phase just because of a lot of reasons that we've talked about before individually for us as well but i was talking to her a lot this past week about um the mcu and i i've narrowed down my feelings about it i think where i stand by there are i think i don't think i think there's any bad phase four things that I've seen, I think the the lowest quality thing in Phase Four is like fine, uh, but the the highs it has are still some of the best 
MCU films or projects they've done so far, in my opinion, with like WandaVision and I and you, I think, really love Multiverse of Madness. Um, mm-hmm. Shang-Chi, I think, is excellent. No Way Home. No Way Home, yeah. And then... Whoa, what? <laughs> no, no, no. I just mean like that's that's that was like a really good event movie, you know? Oh, I see, I see. You know? <laughs> I thought it was like, whoa. I thought you loved that movie. No, it, it, I really enjoyed it, but I don't think it's like impressive, you know? Like it's it's more I, of it's more of just like a yeah, they did it, you know? Yeah, it's like sure. that is a full blown fan service movie. It's not. It doesn't do anything different. Yeah, and like I know, like Tom gets some good character growth in there but like i still in hindsight like in the moment it was incredible to see them all together and all that stuff and i still stand by those feelings but it's like if the third spider-man movie really was just fully dedicated to his growth and development for finishing his growth into spider-man i probably would have preferred that but like it was it was still good i still like it yeah i get Um, them but i don't know if i'd like put it as like one of the best things the mcu has done personally it's up there but it's not like top three for me or it's, it's maybe like 10th ninth maybe oh i would say i would say if you take the whole catalog of it, the mcu mm-hmm. i would say that's up there for me for sure yeah it's like definitely in the, the higher tiers i'm not saying it's like you know next to amy on the wasp and like right. it does use cheat codes to get there though yeah for Let's sure real yes um but because I do think there are other like impressively written and like filmed and, you know, produced things in phase four that I think are stronger than that across the board, like WandaVision, um, just in terms of creativity and like the themes it has. Um, so like phase four, I think, has some pretty excellent stuff from the MCU. It's just. Like I said, there's nothing bad but it's just coming so quickly and so many things that where it's like, yeah, I guess you could probably say it's better than phase one. And I would I think I would agree quality wise and consistency wise. But like there's just too many things that bog it down. And it's like it is truly fatigue. Superhero fatigue is phase four of the MCU. That's how where I land on it. Yeah. And it's very overstuffed. <laughs> oh, for sure. And I think I feel very similarly where mm-hmm. you're right. There are so many good projects in phase four that are like top 10 top 15 mcu projects Mm -hmm. but man there are some stinkers in there there are there are a couple that i think are straight up bad at least i think thor was a bad movie i forgot about thor (laughs) yeah yeah. you know either bad or forgettable right like that's yeah and i i've called phase four sort of the hangover phase Mm -hmm. of the mcu where it's it's that in-betweener where it didn't really lead to anything it's very different from the rest of the phases of the mcu where each one led to something greater lackluster, depending on how you feel about each phase. But phase four led to, to Wakanda forever, which was that could have been in the middle of the phase and it would have felt the exact same. So mm-hmm. it ended strangely. And ugh, I don't know, there was just so much in the middle of the phase where it, 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 it every, a lot of things felt generic about phase four. Yeah, and it, it it's weird saying that because we got projects like we got the most creative MCU projects we've ever gotten in Phase Four between like Werewolf sure. by Night and Wandavision, and um, I'd say Multiverse of Madness is pretty out there in terms of yeah. what we typically get. 
but Loki had a great style. Loki for sure, yeah. And the, it's the thing is, there are some of these things which are greater than most of the stuff in Phase One. Personally, I would say. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, it was Phase One was like four years, right? Twenty eight to twenty twelve when Avengers came out. Mm-hmm. Twenty eight, two thousand eight. Uh, <laughs> but like. This was like a year and a half, it felt like, of like 40 things to watch. So like, I, I think that is the thing that really killed it for me. And um, we're, it seems like we're not off to a great start. But in terms of the rest of this year, I am hopeful for what we got coming down the pipe with these two shows, if this is truly it, and then Guardians. And I have high hopes for the Marvels, personally. Yeah. So No, me too. I think it could be a really solid year apart from maybe this movie that is that i'm gonna see Mm -hmm. but maybe maybe even a better bounce back year like if if these four or five projects this year hopefully that's it are just all solid except for ant-man who knows i think we'll be in a good spot going forward i think so too here's hoping uh because that would be nice you know because after the last couple episodes uh, and, you know, seeing DC announce their thing and having flashbacks to, like, the cadence of earlier Marvel that's, like, pretty reserved and conservative in terms of the number of things they want to put out in the world to experiment with at a time, uh, that was very refreshing. So if we can scale back, I'd say even further than where we already are this year, that would be ideal. I know we won't do that, but it's going to be a nice lighter year i do believe that in terms of projects unless there's some special presentations we don't know about we have half as many as we had last year which is nuts yeah i mean that that's great yeah i agree so uh speaking of phase five the end of phase five is going to be thunderbolts which again I have some hopes for. I have some expectations. I like Bucky. I I like Yelena. And allegedly, Steven Yeun, well-known from The Walking Dead, I will say where he got his start. More recently, what, Invincible and Nope. And he was in... Uh, Minari. Oh, okay. Wait, there was another... Oh, sorry. Thought thought that's where you were going. No, I, uh, I think he was in Sorry to Bother You that like spike jones movie from a few years ago really yeah i never saw that that was really good that was weird if you know anything about that movie do you no i that's the movie with the the guy on the cover has like a bandage bandage yeah all right i've always wanted to see it i just never did i i would be very curious to hear what you think of that movie be like knowing nothing okay so if you ever if you ever a free afternoon or something give it a yeah watch or something for sure but uh yeah allegedly he is joining the thunderbolts as who up for interpretation currently <laughs> but uh yeah what are you what are you thinking about him joining are you a fan of his work in the past yeah i think he's an actor that just everyone likes yeah and i think it, that was aided by his role as glenn in the walking dead mm-hmm. which is where i discovered him me too and everyone just liked that character, and I think that was in large part due to his, his charm and his acting abilities. And I think he's really great in Invincible. 
So, yeah, I, I'm really excited to see what he does in the MCU, to see what his character is, and to hopefully have him as one of the mainstays going forward. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, I have seen speculation that he may be playing Sentinel or Sentry, I think, which is like Marvel's Superman, basically. Oh. Which could be... I don't know if that's like actually based on something or if people are just like, well, he plays Invincible, you know? So... Mm -hmm. That's kind of a Superman character. What if he did that again? Like, I think that might be where that's coming from, unless there's actually a report saying anything otherwise. But, yeah, glad he's being added to the to the mix. Yeah, definitely. And lastly, Tom Hardy has confirmed Venom 3 is officially in pre-production. I'm going to let you have this one, Christian. Why don't you, why don't you lay down your soapbox, step on it, and just go off. The closest thing that we as a society of people who enjoy superhero films have gotten to the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy in the last few years, aside from Multiverse of Madness, because that is a Sam Raimi superhero project, I believe is the Venom films, for better and worse, in that they feel like they came out the same year as those movies. And that, I think, is a, is a positive thing, even if it means the movie suffers for it. Because they, they simply, Jack, they simply don't make them like that anymore, you know? No, they don't, and probably for good reason. Uh-huh. But the Venom 3 is certainly a movie that's coming out, mm -hmm. and it's certainly a sequel to Venom 2. Mm -hmm. And I think we can agree on that. For sure. Because <laughs> we were just talking about this, like, this Marvel fatigue, you know? Venom exists outside of that because Venom's not anywhere close to what Marvel's doing with the MCU. And at I think that Venom... is a strength for Venom 3. <laughs> sure. And at least it's not Morbius. Oh, yeah. I still haven't you know, seen Morbius. <laughs> you know, I was a runner in high school. Mm -hmm. it, as long as you're in the middle of the pack, you're not last. Okay. And that's what Venom is. Yeah. It's also, like, heart, largely successful. It's a very successful film franchise. So mm -hmm. what am I talking about? Yeah, well, and I mean, like, success doesn't always mean quality, Critical. Yeah. You know? But I think I, I'm i two for two so far on going to a Venom movie day zero and leaving overjoyed. So, like, I can't say that about whenever I see Quantumania, you know. I'll, sure. I'll, put, I'll make that claim right now. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited. And, like, any potential of maybe a spider-man showing up in this one would be neat whether that's andrew garfield or tom holland or whoever um exciting i just mainly love that tom hardy is still so committed to this and clearly loves it i think that's excellent yes and i think to go on to your point about spider-man in this movie potentially i think you and i and like some other people on the internet were worried about no way home because we you know didn't want any intrusions to mess with tom tom story mm. i think you can certainly intrude on the venom franchise and just oh, throw yeah. as much as you you want to get butts in seats mm -hmm. and like i said it's already a very successful movie in terms of a series in terms of like the box office but throw spider-man into the mix and it could be literally any spider-man because multiverse i mean that movie's gonna be a hit i really believe they're gonna try to get andrew garfield and I think he'd be game 
to work with Tom Hardy. If like Tom Hardy's like the producer and he has creative control over these Venom movies, which it seems like he does. He like wrote the last one and I think he chose Andy Serkis to do it. So yeah, I, uh, I'm feeling good about this. I'm very excited. Sony, send me to the premiere. I'll, I'll have a, a grand old time and I'm sure I will talk very highly of this next one as I have the last two. <laughs> so. I, I mean, I can't think of anyone who is as big a Venom film franchise fan as you are so yeah do it yeah do it sony well sony did do something yesterday and uh was it good was it a good thing i say yes send me to the premiere once again sony what i forgot that this is part of a state of play yeah uh playstation did their first showcase of the year their long-awaited next showing of video games 45 minutes of playstation content playstation fans have been waiting over a year for this basically and uh, it had zero playstation games but we did get 15 minutes on suicide squad kill the justice league which we have talked about on this year podcast before and why have we done that jack because this is the sequel to marvel's avengers yes and Upon seeing what I'm sure they would call raw gameplay, but I'm not going to call it that. Uh, highly edited gameplay. Yes, highly edited gameplay. So edited to the point that when I was re- on the reaction stream at Tech Raptor for work, uh, one of my coworkers was like, can you like swap between the characters? And I was like, I don't, I, th- I don't think so. I think they're just editing it this way. <laughs> it's weird. Um, would you say, having seen this raw edited gameplay... It is, in fact, the sequel to Marvel's Avengers that we've all been waiting for. Yes. It looks... I just jumped... I'm, I'm having it on loop right now. It looks strikingly similar to Marvel's Avengers. Yes. What... You team of four, and you're fighting all of these... You're First of all, you're jumping around the map, like, everywhere. Everyone can fly in, in this game, despite mm-hmm. being a boomerang guy, or a shark, or Harley Quinn. And you're fighting these, like, amorphous enemies that are all purple, and you just shoot all the purple in this game. You got a guy that's kind of like Iron Man in this. Everyone's got guns. It's... This is Marvel's Avengers. Yeah. I think what it has on Marvel's Avengers is way better-looking visuals in terms of, like, the cutscenes and the faces and the animations of all those things. Um, it has the benefit of not being a cross-gen title f- to like assist in that. It also has the benefit of having a higher ceiling for traversal, significantly higher, which I think will probably just make traversal more fun. And I guess it also has the fact that these people made the Batman Arkham series, which... I mean, Crystal had the Tomb Raider games, and I've only played that first one, but I really loved that, so that's still a plus on their side. But Avengers, I think, at least has combat that looks distinct between characters, and this one, truthfully, does not. Like, they have ultimates that are different, but you're right. It's it's guns, like Borderlands style. You can probably use between every single character and not have a single difference. I can't help but think 
And, you know, we haven't played the game. But I cannot help but think this is a supreme waste of time for Rocksteady. Mm-hmm. From making three of the greatest games of the past couple decades, mm-hmm. I would say. I'm not a big Arkham Knight guy, but a lot of people like that. Yeah, game. me either. <laughs> um, and then making a Marvel's Avengers-like game after eight years. Like, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, but... You know, we're, we're looking at this 15 minutes of raw gameplay, and I'm like, I'm just really unimpressed by this, and it feels decidedly old. It feels like a very old game. If we can start with the positives and then lean into the sure. the more negative aspects and the more Marvel's Avengers aspects, which could be positive or negative, we hosted at least several hundred hours talking about that Marvel's Avengers game, so who's to say? Uh are you with me, like, visually? Like, the cutscenes, character models, all that stuff looking good? Yeah, it's a pretty game. Yeah. Um, there was a glimmer of hope I had when I was watching this, Jack. Because despite the game in the announcement heavily featuring the Justice League, I n- it never really clicked with me that I'm like, oh, we're going to, like, see albeit warped, but we do get a glimpse of the true Flash in this trailer, we're going to get to see Rocksteady's take on the whole Justice League, which I do think is a selling point after a Batman trilogy. So, like, I I don't know if they're all going to have a moment of, like, you know, being able to emote like they should be, or maybe the game starts with them being normal. But I I do think that is at least something interesting for seeing how strongly they were able to get Batman in those games and a lot of the supporting characters. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Right. But again, that comes with a caveat of... Yes. You're not playing as the Justice League. Mm-hmm. You're playing it... It's it's hard for me not to be negative in the positive section, so I'll mm-hmm. leave it at that. Yeah. So at the very least, the fact that we're at least going to see like Rocksteady's take on them, even if we're not playing as them, I think is still something that's interesting to me as like a really big Arkham fan. And the other thing that really made me, like, tilt my head a bit in interest was, and this could just be the marketing getting me, Jack, um, despite the game being called Kill the Justice League, I have been one of the many people who assumed that we're not going to kill the Justice League. Mm. But... And this is so stupid that this is what's convincing me. Wonder Woman uses her lasso of truth to talk to Flash in this trailer. Like, talk to him through the Brainiac stuff. And he's straight up, like, on God, hand on the Bible, lasso around him, says the only way to stop us is kill us. And he's a scientist. Flash ain't dumb. I'm wondering if we're actually going to kill them. Because if we are, if we're committing to it, then I will. I think I'm in. Yeah, it's a great premise, for sure. And I, I was with you. I was pretty skeptical of that. Like, why would you? Why would you create the first, you know, Justice League esque game, where they all die? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that doesn't really make much sense. So I was pretty skeptical as well. But yeah, I think, as a tone setter and as a premise. This is probably, you know, pretty early in the game, I would say. Yeah. That is really fascinating. And yeah, I do think that is the end game here. 
And mm-hmm. is the end probably some multiverse thing where they're fine? Maybe. But I do think, you know, in the however many hours it takes to complete the game, you will have to straight up kill the Justice League. I, if if we really are committing to the bit, I think I am in. Because I can deal with games as a service BS. I've done it before. I'll do it again. Because if we get to fight Superman as a boss fight and, like, squat up and just straight up fight Superman and actually kill him and see whatever, like, fatality Mortal Kombat style Rocksteady's going to design for killing Superman, it's stupid, but I'm into that, you know? That's only a thing you can really do in a video game. I feel. Sure. For me, I might be into it for significantly less money than $70. Yes, that is worth mentioning. <laughs> so, I am with you. I'm totally with you. Like, I can totally get behind... I mean, like you said, we we had a Marvel's Avengers podcast for, what, over two years? Yeah. That's something people should, you know, shake their heads at. <laughs> uh, but, like, I... There's only so much love i can give to these types of games that is the other thing (laughs) like i am totally down for mindless games like this you know podcast games this is probably what it's going to end up being we're talking about marvel's avengers it's probably going to be a very dumb game that the gameplay is good enough to spend however many hours we want to you know enjoy with it but do i really want to do that again after the countless hours we spent with marvel's avengers not really unless there's a giant sale at some point or this is eventually probably going to be on game pass or ps plus probably ps plus since this is playstation focused so that's that's kind of where i'm at i'm this i'm not a day one guy Mm -hmm. i'll tell you that much unless reviews are like hey we were all really wrong about this game and it's really fantastic and it's Mm -hmm. a great spiritual successor to the arkham franchise yeah otherwise uh, i'll see this game in a couple years probably because the other thing worth mentioning, Jack, is that, yes, I agree with you. Like, I, I feel tapped. Like, I did my time is the way I'm looking at it with this genre. Because, like, Destiny, I think, is legit good. But, like, I did my time with, a like, a kind of middling one with Avengers. And I was just, mm-hmm. like, dumb lizard brain enjoyment. Um, but the thing is, all these games that chase this just like they they just didn't get it they didn't land you know so it's possible to to, like be good and do this well it's just very very rare so like it like you're saying with like reviews there is a world where this game drops and they're like hey yeah it took them eight years because they were figuring this out they got a pipeline ready we've seen like paul tassi comes out it's like i've seen the next two heroes being played they're, they're like it's convincing they got him on a good track like if that's the justification for why it took eight years is so they could like iron out a legit pipeline and take their time to be able to sustain what this game needs unlike avengers which didn't have any of that and one could say felt a little rushed again the pandemic happened so like that threw a wrench in things but I'm not fully writing it off yet because I do think there is a chance that it could succeed in this, but I do think that it is incredibly difficult to be excited about a game that is going for this again in 2023, and that's kind of where I'm at. 
Yeah, I do, in a sense, feel bad for this because of the environment it's launching in. Mm-hmm. Like, in a bubble, maybe this would be interesting, but, I mean, in the past month alone, we've seen so many games announce that they're sunsetting, Marvel's mm-hmm. Avengers included, and uh, the dodgeball game that I'm forgetting the name of. Knockout City. Knockout City. So many are being sunsetted that I'm having difficulty remembering them all. And so that's that's a big part of it, where... I, I can't really feel super confident about this type of a game, which does feature a battle pass and does is certainly a live service game. Yeah, they they kind of confirmed that at the end of the the development developer section of this. So that mm-hmm. not really looking forward to that. So I, I watched a uh, a Kyle Bossman video this morning about because he did talk about this and he was a big fan of Avengers and he also enjoyed Gotham Knights. So I was curious to see what he'd say about this. And he didn't talk much about this game specifically, but he did mention like they they brought up the fact that it's a game as a service in literally the last possible minute of the presentation. It was yes. 15 minutes. They brought it up at minute 14. <laughs> so, yep. Um, I thought that was very funny, but I unfortunately, Jack, when they said new characters, I was like, oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> We're going to get some characters after this? Okay. Because um, I think... has got to be the first one. That would be so disappointing. I, I'm watching the... I'm watching this on a loop. And at the very beginning, mm-hmm. you can see what appears to be Lex Luthor in, like, his green suit or whatever. Hovering. Oh, yeah, for sure. Dude, for sure. At the 10-second mark, if you're watching the same one. Oh, I see. I think if if you don't get to play as Lex by the end of the game, that is your first character. I was my mind immediately went to Deathstroke. That'd be cool. Because um, I'm sure Rocksteady would want to be like, we can do Deathstroke better than Montreal did in Origins. That's a great. That's a great impression. They're from London, right? They're from the UK. That's where Rocksteady yeah. is. Yeah, I think they are. Um, but yeah, I mean, DC's got cool villains. So like, I think that's promising maybe, but again, it comes down to the Avengers problem of, okay, how far ahead are you planning? What's already in development, <laughs> you know, because I always remember Jack back in September, 2020, we were like, oh yeah, next month we'll get Kate. And then the month after that we'll get Clint and then we'll probably get, uh, T'Challa and the raid in December. <laughs> yeah and that wasn't that wasn't absurd back then (laughs) no what what i will say on the whole service like games as a service battle pass thing is egregious or not rocksteady did a pretty good job with it for arkham knight where there's so much extra content Mm -hmm. post release content in that game where if any if you told me any developer was gonna have a good post-release schedule for an upcoming game i would believe that rocksteady would would do a good job sure because i remember it was very controversial at the time um and i was you know like in high school without money anyway so i just like didn't buy it but um same since then i've played some of that stuff and it was quality it's just i think the pricing structure back then was egregious because it was like 40 dollars right for like all the dlc the pass yeah, probably. I eventually got it for like five dollars. 
Yeah, and it does, I don't know what their pricing structure is going to be. I don't know if it's going to be like a, a $10 battle pass. I don't know if it's going to be seasonal or what, but um, it it is like side-eye, $70 game plus a battle pass. It's like, okay, you know, where again, I'm not inherently against battle passes, but you got you to gotta give the rest of the context, you know? Sure. Um, I'm looking at the like to dislike ratio. Uh, I'm on the IGN video. There's 7,500 dislikes and 6,000 likes. So I think just these types of games, even before they're released, are inherently poorly rele- uh, received by audiences, whether they're good or bad. I, I think if you say Battle Pass or Games as a Service, so many people are turned off. Oh, yeah. And I kind of think rightfully so. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, like, I, I still enjoyed the loop of Avengers. I, I unfortunately am somebody who can get tricked into enjoying that because I think, like, it's it's not manipulative, but it is, like, player engagement or, like, whatever. There was, like, some interesting thing I read a while ago that was talking about, like, some sort of, like, position on a development team to, like, entice people to incentivize playing more and i think that is like a very very basic thing with video games just just become like mixed in with monetization lately which is why we get these like number go up things um but like it it works you know if it's functional and if it's an ip that's interesting it works see avengers the other thing is it's the suicide squad you know i love harley quinn I think King Shark is cool, but it's the Suicide Squad. <laughs> that is my biggest thing about this. And it's so disappointing because everyone thought it was going to be a Superman game for so many years. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. So my thing with DC and the Suicide Squad is why do they keep trying to make it a thing? Are genuine? This is a genuine question. Are people really Suicide Squad fans? Because I don't feel like people are really suicide squad fans and at the end of the day this game exists to make money and so did gotham knights and i'm kind of i've been thinking about the the thought process of of warner brothers and dc since arkham knight like why did they decide to do a to not do a batman game and do a, a bat family game with gotham knights and to not do a justice league game to do a suicide squad game like where what's the process of saying you know what we'll do these these will probably make more money than a justice league game or another batman game that makes no sense to me i think i just don't get it i think what it might be jack is the internet was changed one day in 2015 i believe it was when the trailer for the suicide squad movie came out like the original one because the lead up to that movie, those trailers had the internet in a damn chokehold, if you recall. Like, I, I don't actually. Yeah, that, there was like a lot of people being like, yo, this is going to be the one. Because uh, if you recall also, <laughs> the original Suicide Squad trailer was like Snyder-esque. Mm. Like really like leaning into the serious like villainy aspect of it. And then... 
there was a trailer that I want to say was cut to uh, what queen it was a queen song I forget which one it was and that was like post Guardians of the Galaxy and people were really riding that like 80s 70s pop music and superhero stuff and that caused them to hire that trailer company to recut the movie which is its own weird thing and that's why the movie ended up the way it was but um the 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 marketing for the original suicide squad movie like culturally there was like merch everywhere that was like the first harley quinn margot robbie thing that was became like an iconic thing for years since then uh, so I think it's that trailer. I genuinely, I think that trailer is the reason WB saw how strong that response was and was like, oh, so see, this can work. We just have to do it right and keep trying. <laughs> I think that's yeah. it. But even that, I think the most popular thing to come out of the original Suicide Squad movie was Harley Quinn. Yeah. Who was like, already anyone... popular before the Suicide right. Squad. Yeah. That just brought her to the masses who I don't think were as familiar with her as comic book fans were, but like, is anyone really a fan of Captain Boomerang? Or even even really Deadshot? Who is a cool character? Mm-hmm. Certainly not Great Shark. I mean, even with the James Gunn movie, he was, I guess, funny in that movie, but, you know, he didn't really, like, break the internet. Yeah. I, I, I think it's, it's a cool comic book thing to have, just have a shark. He's just a shark with fists, yeah. you know? That's fun. That is fun. It's a good video but game like, character, but I agree. But like one of the main four. <laughs> yeah. Um, he. If I'm being honest, unless Harley like plays as I would like her to, I'd probably play King Shark. But like I'd want to play Harley. I would just hope that she feels like Harley Quinn. Um, do, you, do you think we're going to run into an Avengers scenario where <laughs> there are no duplicates? You yes. got to play it. <laughs> oh, no. Because I think Rocksteady, after the Arkham series, is like, we our world's lore must be protected. We cannot have two Harley Quinns. How dare you? Because um, I know you brought up the, the multiverse with the storyline, but I was considering this, Jack. Considering this is the next game in the Arkhamverse. Mm-hmm. I think I know. I don't think we're going to kill the Justice League. I, fi- I think I figured it out. Tell me. So Diana does the thing to Flash and Flash is like, I, you have to kill us, you know, because Flash, while a scientist is just the Flash, that's his understanding of the situation. But oh no, Batman is also taken over. Batman could have been their only chance at actually fixing this because it's Batman. The Batman that Brainiac took over is not Bruce Wayne. Because this is post-Arkham, in which we've seen Bruce Wayne retire. It's going to be like Dick or uh, Jason, maybe. I don't know. It's going to be a... Kevin Conroy, though. He's Bruce. And Bruce is able to assist Amanda Waller and the the squad and Diana in, like, constructing a plan. He comes out of his, his, his hidey hole that he blew up. And then that's Kevin Conroy acting bruce wayne as the savior the legacy of arkham you know do you think the trailer we saw a few months ago with batman in it was just kind of a red herring yeah i think that was a different i don't think that was bruce i think that was like dick grayson or somebody else interesting because he didn't speak in the trailer 
You're right. They cut, and then they did the Kevin Conroy line. That is true. I do think, for the most part, that was probably more more so like an in-memoriam thing. Sure. Um, but, man, even with the Arkhamverse stuff, they really went from zero to 100. Like, we didn't even really know the extent of the Justice League and the greater DC. Like, we, we you know, you get the the hints of like metropolis or whatever and name drops and articles and stuff you can pick up but you know you don't see superman flying at any point mm-hmm. and this is five years after arkham knight mm-hmm. and it seems like if you have a justice league going you gotta imagine that's been going for a while like you don't really get any mention of that for in sure. the arkham series so i don't know it's all the, the whole game is just very strange very very strange to me yeah, the other thing, and I, I I know it's like a lot of what ifs, but you know we we've seen what the game is now, and a lot of it is thinking of like what could have been. What really pissed me off, Jack? I realized this this morning when I woke up. You have this setup. You have Brainiac taking over the Justice League, and the clearly show Wonder Woman not corrupted by this she talks to flash she's like okay this is the state of things why wasn't this a wonder woman game because we're getting one that's probably going to be worse than what this could have been right my reaction was when wonder woman popped up was we it was very similar was wonder woman's in this game we're playing as a fucking shark (laughs) (laughs) like what it's just, oh, what is, it seems like such a supreme waste of time. I keep coming back to that because just, I can't help but think that. And I really hope I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. But man, Rocksteady's coming off of like, let's say like all three of those games are 10 out of 10s. So I don't think that's true. But the most, most people would say that. This does not seem like it's quite that quality, <laughs> right? I think everyone, everyone can agree that seems like a step back. Yeah. The, the thing that also, makes me hesitate listeners if you didn't know we did a an arkham trilogy podcast over the last few months myself jack and omar uh where we played through the arkham trilogy and had a little bit of a let's throw back to this segment jack some stark realities (laughs) about the uh the writing quality of that trilogy in that it's not always there and it definitely wasn't there in night and I don't think they got Paul Dini back since they made Arkham Knight. So, like, I, I'm worried about that kind of also, where I think Knight is the weakest written Arkham game. And this is the follow-up to that. So, revisiting the kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, so, that's also a concern. But, I mean, like, the, the cutscenes seemed cool. I, I'm, I like the fact that we're fleshing out a greater DC universe from Rocksteady. It's just like, at what cost? <laughs> you know, my my takeaway, and I don't usually do this, but I texted you this. I would, my plan maybe, I'm gonna you know wait for reviews, but if this does end up being like a six or seven out of ten sort of game, I'm probably just gonna watch the YouTube movie of this of all the cutscenes together. And I don't ever do that for games. Mm-hmm. 
but the first thing I did when Gotham Knight came out and it Gotham Knights came out and it was the way it was, I watched the last cutscene. Oh really? Yeah. Cause I wasn't gonna play that game. And I wanted to see and it you know what exactly happens in that? Exactly what everyone thought was gonna happen. <laughs> so what's also funny, speaking of Gotham Knights, is the last several years, you know, with these two DC games, Gotham Knights initially had my interest more than Suicide Squad, mainly because I I think the Bat Family is more interesting than the Suicide Squad, despite loving Harley Quinn. And now seeing that this is the same sort of looter RPG that that game was, now I'm like, well, at this point, why don't I just try Gotham Knights instead of this? Because I was more interested in that one to begin with as a concept, even though this is probably going to be a better game. Um, I say probably. But, yeah, it's just... it's If we get really far-scoped out with this, I think this is a problem with modern uh, game <laughs> AAA like, production because... Games take so fucking long to make now. And when presumably they fully began on this, that was like in the ramp up to Destiny 2 launching and Division 2 being a success. So like they had to like commit to that, you know. So that that informed what the design of this game was and that it's a, a live service game because that was l- literally all the rage back in like late 2016 2017 after they shipped arkham vr and they had to commit to that and eight years later that's the that's the game they're putting out in the the market of live service games being by and large failures across the board save for a handful of them so we need a couple miles moraleses in the dc lineup some mm-hmm. smaller eight hour games that's what i think what we need we need but more man, of those in general yeah oh for sure I, like i i said at the top of the show resident mm-hmm. evil 2 i beat it in under six hours man what an experience that was i love a short that took me like two playthroughs it was awesome so yeah eight years of development time man yeah which that is way too much call me two-faced because i think this is 50 50 they either spent eight years making this the most perfect live service launch that we've ever seen or it's gonna it was eight years down the drain (laughs) it's one or the other that's another thing no matter how long they worked on this game, there is, there are always problems with live service games when they launch. There's mm-hmm. always la- launch issues. Yeah, and, and it's even always if online this... also. Oh my god, we forgot about that. Yep. <sighs> Which I personally have never had an issue with. Nothing's permanent. It's the same thing of why I don't care if I own digitally stuff. Because like, truthfully, it doesn't matter much. You know, like every, nothing's doesn't. permanent. No. Uh, even like physical games now, like you, you do, it's a, it's a key. It's not the game. Yeah. So it doesn't bother me, but I understand that that can prevent people from even playing this game, which 
is stupid. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's that's unacceptable. Even though, yes, ninety percent of consoles are hooked up to the internet with no issues. It just it doesn't have to be this way. Mm-hmm. So it comes out May twenty sixth. That is. I was concerned because I thought this was like smack dab in the middle of Jedi Survivor and Zelda. It's not. I'm going to have Jedi ideally beaten by then. And, you know, Zelda's going to take me like the entire year. I think I'm going to for sure take a long time on that game. But it is coming out in a dead window outside of, you know, being three weeks into Zelda. So we'll see. I did like Avengers, you know, so maybe, but I'm not counting on it. Definitely yeah. not planning on playing it when it comes out, but I could, I could fall victim to the hype. I don't know. I really hope we all look stupid. Me too. On when, when this game comes out, but I agree with you. I think I will be playing Zelda for a very long time. Yeah. And I do think this is like right in that release window of Zelda where it's going to take me several, several weeks, if not months to, to really enjoy my time with that game. Mm -hmm. And there's no way I'm, I'm letting this game <laughs> come in the middle of that. So for sure. Cause I think the thing after suicide squad, I'm curious about street fighter six, which is like a week later. And that like, I'm not huge. Usually like, I like fighting game stories. I'm not like a big fighting game person, but I like playing the campaigns in those. And sixes looks cool, but like again, that's probably like a wait for sale thing. And then, almost a full month after this is Final Fantasy sixteen. So like, there could sure. be a window where I, you know, get bit by the curiosity. If they, they should Jack, they should do a beta because that's the thing that really sold us on Avengers. Yeah, if you recall. No, I agree. I think that's a good idea. But, or a really bad idea. <laughs> you <laughs> never know. Can you can you believe out of the Warner Brothers slate the the game that was a massive huge single player RPG no DLC no microtransactions it's a complete package was a fucking Harry Potter game and not the Batman or Arkham follow up I know that seems so surprising you and, would think that's the one that gets this fate, right? <laughs> yeah, like co-op was. Yeah, for sure. Eh, that is very surprising now that you mention that. But honestly, though, for the most part, hasn't Warner Brothers historically been single-player focused games? Like our Suicide Squad and Gotham Knights, are they more recent examples where that has changed? I know like Shadow of Mordor and... <laughs> the other one <laughs> shadow of war is the one that had like the loot box problem yeah they had that stuff going on and like maybe some multiplayer elements but this is like a, a whole new thing for warner brothers unless i'm wrong yeah the only thing i can com i can say otherwise would be like mortal Kombat and injustice which is sure separate but like yeah yeah um like most fighting games are like that in the modern age so for like an RPG though, yeah, this is I think a more recent thing unless I'm also forgetting something. Tough, man. Yeah. It's well. it really is the 8 years too. Like if this was in 2018, mm -hmm. wasn't it showed off in 2018? Or am I wrong? 
No, th- this was at the first fandom, I think. So this was a 2020 joint. Oh, you're right. You're right. Because I remember they showed 20. They, they like did it in 2020 and they're like, the game's coming out. I think they might have said 2023 because I remember when they showed the year, we were like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, No, it couldn't have been 2023. Because I, I feel like if they announced it in 2020 and then they said it was 2022, I don't think that would have like gotten that reaction. But I do remember a visceral reaction from all of us when that was announced, <laughs> when the year uh, was announced. I'll I check know, later. But Oh, it, it they said 2022. I, I looked it up right now. Okay. Unless I'm well, wrong. Yeah, that's uh, still no, wild. No, I am wrong. I am wrong. That was from a 2021 trailer. I could not. Oh, wait, here it is. Here it is. All right, let's see. It's probably no release date, to be honest. No, they did say 2022. Damn. Well, still, At DC yeah. Fandom. That, that, that was, was That is very far, though. You're right. Announcing it, and then, yeah, two years. Now it's three years. Man. Yeah. This game. I know. I had, like, no opinions about this game, like, 48 hours ago. Or, like, I, muted opinions. Yeah. I mean, the th- I think the thing that makes it so visceral for us is because we hosted at least, like I said, 200 episodes probably across. Getting war flashbacks, man. Yeah. Like, we have lived this genre in a superhero game for several years, and it's happening again. <laughs> so, like... I think that's the root cause of the uh, the response we've both had. Because, like, Gotham Knights was just kind of disappointing, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, where the potential disappointment with Avengers was the fact that it was the Avengers. The disappointment here isn't that it's the Suicide Squad. It's that it's Rocksteady, you know? Uh, I, just, I just don't get the rationale of creating these types of games. Like, do they really do that well? I mean, we just mentioned Hogwarts Legacy. I know, I know the IP attached to that will just boost sales no matter what. Yeah. But I mean, like, DC is big too. That's I know that's the thing. Like, you can really release any type of game. Like Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is the perfect example of just a straight up single player game that sold gangbusters and straight up changed the way that EA creates games now. In in a lot of ways, and I I wonder if Hogwarts Legacy is like that for warner brothers after this game and Mm -hmm. especially after gotham knights but you know we'll have to wait and see about suicide squad but Uh i I have a feeling it'll be a similar story yeah well i think honestly dude that comes back to what i was saying earlier about like i don't think this is necessarily like a a problem with the game inherently i think it's a problem of modern day development cycles because Mm -hmm. if you remember Hogwarts Legacy, I think, started development in, like, 2015. The year of The Witcher 3. Oh, my God. So, like, they see that, and they're like, oh, let's make a game like that. Mm. And that's what that was, you know? And this didn't... This, and presumably Gotham Knights, because that restarted, like, several times, was, like, in that season of Destiny 2, Anthem Division 2, when the lead-up, there was a lot of hype for all of those. You know, some of them landed, but... I think that's what it is. I think games just take too long for them to reverse their course. Because, uh, yeah, Hogwarts, I think, is probably going to convince them, I guess, to go back to that single-player approach, which is weird. They left it in the first place because they had the Arkham games, which were really good. Um, but I, I just hope that at the end of the day, 
Jedi Survivor is the best selling IP game this year, next to Spider Man. Ooh, oh, that is such an interesting question. Yeah, whether it's Hogwarts, Jedi Fallen Order, or Jedi Survivor rather, and Spider Man Two. I think Spider Man. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I think it'll be Spider Man Two. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Because what was God of War? Is God of War eleven million in three weeks? Is that what it was? I think so. I think Hogwarts is already at like thirteen. Yeah. In like Unless two. <laughs> yeah. It's and unbelievable. It's, it's also only on next gen PC yet. They still have last gen <laughs> and switch to hit, so it's it's really crazy. Yeah. Oh man. Well. This game will not do those numbers, I'll tell you that much. Will it? I don't know, man. Maybe no. maybe was the Suicide Squad a hit at the box office? The James Gunn one? No, because it came out at the time where it was on HBO Max. Oh, so wow! I, do, yeah. I think I think think its box office is not good, but that's you know with the caveat of yeah. it was available on HBO Max. Well, Harley Quinn is huge, so if they just like start putting her front and center on everything, I think that'll I, probably push some units. I don't know. Maybe I think it does. I think it does like you know well enough, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's gonna be in that you know that top three category of licensed games that we talked about yeah the more i'm looking at harley quinn's gameplay i like the idea of the drone where she's swinging around but yeah, yeah. she's also spider-man yeah i i saw some people being like oh it's not satisfying if it's not going on the buildings i was like shut the fuck up <laughs> it's like it makes zero difference like you might yeah. prefer that but like it's the same thing you're also, moving down the street on a rope yeah and coming from marvel's avengers where as black widow you had to <laughs> swing yeah. on lampposts and stuff mm-hmm. that was kind of annoying i i like just the lore aspect of the the drone follows you around and it yeah. will just catch your stuff like that's that's cool tech that's mm-hmm. some you know LexCorp te- tech i'm sure my my favorite thing was uh potential main king shark the tank of the group mm-hmm. air dashing that was my favorite part <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah, I guess we we really didn't go too too deep on that, but like it's stupid that Captain Boomerang has a fucking Glock, right? Yeah, it, <laughs> it's all dumb. these all these characters have guns, which I don't know. Yeah, like that. I think that is going to be the thing that Avengers at the end of the day has over this. Where I I think say what you will about that game, but the character kits felt surprisingly unique for the, the first few heroes. And felt like those characters. I don't think I'll play this game as Harley Quinn and be like, ah, yes, this is what I always dreamed of for playing as Harley Quinn. It's going to be like, oh, she has a melee and a gun. Yeah. And that gun can be used by King Shark, can be used by Deadshot, it can be used by Boomerang. And I can also use their melees. So, like, I think that's going to be the real killer here is, like, that's... It's a a copy-paste almost. Because, like, they also were like, oh, Harley's the more agile one. And again, your tank is air dashing. Like <laughs> everyone is a thousand feet in the air. Yeah, which, like you were saying, I think that did look fun—the traversal, at least. Yeah, it just didn't look like diverse gameplay. Yeah. So. It's it's truly a coin toss if I play this the week it comes out. I'm leaning towards not, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> I can almost guarantee you, I will not be playing this the week it comes out. And if I do, I will eat a hat. Because, <laughs> man, that would be the surprise of the year. 
Yeah. Well, we'll wait and see. Uh, we'll see how they continue to market this game. We'll see what, how much of the Battle Pass costs. We'll see if... I don't know. I don't know, man. We'll see what happens. But until then, Jack, unless you have any final words to say on Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, or Marvel's Avengers, where can the agents of Excelsior find you? Well, I suppose... Suppose I hope this is the final nail in the coffin of this type of game <laughs> coming out. Mm-hmm. That remains to be seen. But you can follow me on Twitter at Fascinated Jack. What about you? Yep, I, I think you're probably correct about this. Um, I will stand by. I do think superhero IPs, specifically superhero teams, lend themselves to cooperative gameplay. And I think that is a fun thing that should be continued to be explored. But I don't know if this is the way to do it at this point. It seems like a surefire way to piss people off. <laughs> um, and you can find me on Twitter and TikTok at Chun2D2. You can find the show every weekend at youtube.com slash joyclicks or on your favorite podcast service like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. Rating and reviewing is an easy way to help us out and free. Very quick to leave a star rating or little blurb if you enjoy the show. And if you want to support the show further, you can do so on patreon.com slash joyclicks at the $1 and $5 tiers to give us a little bit of support and get producer credit on all the shows we produce. So thank you very much. And that will do it for Excelsior. We'll be back. Jack will have seen Quantumania. We'll see if it's uh, as passionate of a disappointment as the Suicide Squad discussion. (laughs) Uh, But until then, Excelsior.